Welcome to Let It Grow Investing. I'm Jeff. Thank you for stopping by. Let's talk about stocks, crypto, market news, investing ideas, and strategies. I'm not a financial advisor, and this is only for entertainment purposes. Please make sure to like, follow, and share so that we can all grow together. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to Let It Grow Investing. I am Jeff, and thank you, thank you, thank you for stopping in for episode number 60. We are rolling right along on the show here. And, uh, you know, as always, we've got lots of different news coming out. We've got uh, more Ukraine-Russia updates. We've got uh, State of the Union here in the U.S. We've got uh, some different companies that are withdrawing from some of their investments in Russia, uh, mainly oil companies that are no longer uh, having an investment stake in some different uh, Russian uh, oil companies. So that's been drawn down the market in Russia. They've had uh, massive sell-offs. There's, I've even heard of a, a billionaire who's lost so much in the last week that he's no longer a billionaire. I think he was a Russian banker that uh, is is losing all sorts of money. And uh, I think the U.S. has gone ahead and said that they're going to try to uh, prosecute these people to the fullest extent of the law uh, where they can. I've even heard of some executives that are taking their yachts and they're going out to the Maldives and anchoring off the coast. And basically, it's uh, they, they can't extradite people or punish them for the crimes that they've committed because it's uh, a no extradition zone. So they're looking for safety any which way they can get it. So people are fleeing the country. Uh, billionaires are, are, you know, losing that status. A lot of different stuff going on out there. But uh, hopefully, as as always, you know, the, uh, the Ukrainian people stay strong and uh, can go ahead and, you know, hopefully put this thing to rest sooner than later. I, I don't think this whole plan of Putin's is really working out the way he thought it was going to. And that the world might just roll over and, you know, bend to what, whatever uh, demands that he has. Uh, so we'll, we'll ultimately see where it's going. It could get worse before it gets better. And that's what we're really trying to keep our eyes and ears on as to what's going on over there. What's going on in the markets and the geopolitical spectrum. So we can know, uh, you know, where where to go, where to take that next step and ultimately how to. Uh, well, on this show, bolster, bolster our portfolios to be the best we can and, and survive this uh, this downturn in uh, you know foreign relations. So that's uh, that's what I'm looking at today. But uh, you know, Biden came out on uh, Tuesday night, had the State of the Union, had talked about a bunch of different things that he's looking to do. He wants to uh, lower costs for companies and uh increase wages so he which doesn't really make much sense when you say it because your some of your cost inputs are going to be your wages and if you're going to raise them to that federally mandated 15 dollars an hour that he's talking about uh that input cost is going to go up for some people uh, although i do think a lot of companies are already above that 15 dollars uh you know amazon walmart a lot of them are, are really pushing to be above that number already but uh, ultimately, we'll we'll see where that goes, and uh, we'll we'll try to figure out how we can get these different factories in America to make the products, and somehow come out with cheaper costs, and ultimately pay people more. It's uh, it sounds kind of like a pipe dream. I hope there's a plan backing that up. Um, but ultimately, you know, I, I do think that a uh, a minimum wage raise is a good thing, but the cost of living has to stay, uh, you know 
relatively the same for a, a wage increase to do anything. When your cost of uh, living goes up 20% and your income only goes up 7%, you're still in the hole. You know, you're still in a deficit. So ultimately, we got to figure out that. We got to really fight this inflation numbers. I still think that the Fed's going to come out and uh, go ahead and raise those rates. I think we don't have another option there. I, I definitely see that coming. It might not be that half a point that we had talked about, uh, you know, a couple weeks back that was on the table. Uh, I definitely think that with some of the news coming out of Russia, we're going to be a little bit more moderate right now. That's kind of my anticipation. I know that's also kind of the general consensus that I'm seeing online when I look up some of the rate hike predictions. Uh, last I looked, it was 87% calling for a uh, a 0.25% raise versus 13% calling for that half a percent raise that we were talking about. So ultimately, we'll see where that goes. We'll see where some of the announcements are here in a few weeks. And, uh, you know, we'll get a proper footing as to where we go from here. But uh, that being said, um, you know, let's get into SoFi. SoFi, that, uh, that little gem I was talking about last time and being one of the top three stocks I'm still looking to buy. They had uh, they reported yesterday, which was Tuesday, and they had soared about 18 percent in the after hours uh, and they still had a loss. OK, they had a, a reported a fourth quarter net loss of one hundred and eleven million dollars, uh, which is 15 cents a share. The uh, the consensus was for a 16 cent loss, though, so they didn't lose as much as uh, anticipated uh, their revenues, though grew from $171 million last year to uh, $285 million this quarter. So, you know, definitely coming up and it beat the uh, anti uh, the analyst estimate of $279 million. So, you know, we're up about $6.6 million off of that expected revenue number. So that's definitely a good thing. Um, they were also able to get uh, about 523,000 new members during the fourth quarter, and they added 906,000 new products. Um, so a lot of different developments there, a lot of different new members coming onto the platform. And ultimately, they said that their outlook is looking better. That bank charter is really going to help their uh, quarter two numbers going forward. So ultimately, when they said that, that's what really drove the, uh, the after hours trading higher. And here we are pre-market on Wednesday. And last I looked, they were up about 12% pre-market. So um, like I said before, I, I think that uh, that 10, 11 range is too low for them. Uh, like I said, I was buying that number up hand over fist anywhere I could. I was adding another 20, 30, 40 shares if I could. Uh, so that's, that's still my outlook on this company. I still think they have a great path to success. Now that they have the bank charter, they're adding, you know, new members, like I said, left and right. And now their, their narrative is bullish. They're, they're looking to really see some positive changes from having their bank charter uh, going forward. So like I said, you, you have to really look at these, buy them when, when things are ugly, knowing that, you know, the, the business is still intact. Uh, everything that they've built, everything that they're looking to do, has happened. You know, they've they, they got that bank charter. That was one of the big things, one of the big hurdles that we were looking for was to get that. And then they weren't so reliant on other banks uh, to carry the charter. And now they're their own bank. Uh, yeah. So pre-market, they're up uh, 16% at the moment. So that's definitely 
awesome news. We will certainly take those gains. But, um, you know, I also wanted to point out that we had seen crypto dive off. Uh, we had saw, uh, seen Ethereum go down to like 23, 2350 uh, just last week when uh, the, the market fell on some of the, the Russia Ukraine news. Ethereum was down, like I said, 2300. Bitcoin was down near 35,000. And now we are definitely seeing a reversal. We had seen that, uh, and they're, they're not really trading in line with the stock market either. There's a bit of divergence there. They were going down uh, at the same rate you know, or in the same direction. If the market was down 2%, crypto was down 5%. Now, uh, I think it was Monday, the market was down uh, and then the, the, the cryptos were actually up. So it might, it might've been Friday, but it went in the opposite direction for the first time, which was definitely good news. And, and now, uh, last I checked this morning, Ethereum was like right around 3000. So it had gone up about $700 per coin. Uh, and then Bitcoin was, uh, right around, I'm trying to pull it up here. Let me see. So I don't get the numbers wrong here. Yeah, so Bitcoin is up to 43.8 and Ethereum is at 29.77. So definitely some positive movement. I think we had a, a 10 or 11% up day um, just a couple days ago. And when we're looking at the, the one week chart, uh, Bitcoin is up 13.6%. And let's go back to Ethereum. On the one week, they are up. Um, come on. Here we go. 10, and a half percent in a week. So that, uh, that Russian news was definitely uh, a big, uh, down drag. And, and now that we're kind of past that, the, the cryptos are definitely responding positively. And, uh, I definitely think that that is a sign of a possible bullish run that could be going forward. If we can kind of get through some of that, I know the ETH 2.0, and we're going to be burning a lot of the, uh, coins in the process. So we're going to be limiting that supply. Uh, if demand starts picking back up and more people want it, that's definitely going to uh, increase the uh, the price of this coin as well. So we got a, a two-sided uh, coin there or two sides to that tail uh, with the, the fact that we're going to be burning a lot of the coins. And then I think ultimately the, the demand form is going to pick back up as uh, you know the, the supply is limited. And also we're, we're just at a low right now and not too many people are looking for those risk on assets. Uh, but when that tide turns, we're ultimately going to see some big growth out of these. So I'm still buying Ethereum, still dollar cost averaging in. I went a little bit heavier last week when we were down in that 2400 range. Uh, I think we could have a, a small pullback back to that 2700 line where we had tiptoed around for so long. We could get back down there. I will be buying more then and just trying to accumulate as many coins as I can. Uh, also, I did want to point out that on the crypto.com uh, platform, I, uh, I had that six month lockup of CRO where I got my uh, Jade Green card, which gives you uh, free Netflix, free Spotify, uh, free airport lounge uh, access uh, by simply buying $4,000 worth of CRO and staking it to get the card. So I did that. That is now expired. I can take my CRO out at any time, but I do lose some different benefits if I do that. I would lose uh, extra interest on staking. I think on Ethereum, I get 6.5% uh, annually. 
And if I take out that uh, CRO stake, I think it would go down to four and a half or five and a half percent. So for now, I'm leaving it staked. I like the benefits. The, uh, the card I don't use as much because I really don't like spending my crypto, but I do like the fact that I'm, I'm getting more interest. And uh, if I do use the card, I get 3% cash back in the in CRO coin paid directly to my crypto wallet on uh, crypto.com. So it's, uh, it's definitely been good for me. I would certainly uh, suggest that card, that platform uh, to anyone that's looking to really get into crypto. And if you're looking to uh, start a, uh, an account over there, you can certainly use my link. It'll be in the description and the notes on the show. And uh, yeah, that's that's kind of my experience right now, but I'm still accumulating uh, more coins right now. I'm mainly looking at adding uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano. Um, those are really my big three right now. So that's what I've got on that. And um, yeah, we'll take a quick break and I will be right back and we're going to talk about some uh, some signs to trim your positions and why some people are for it. Others are against it. Uh, I'll give you my take right after this break. All right, we are back here on Let It Grow. I uh, just wanted to point out real quick, if you are looking to start an account uh, on E-Trade, Crypto.com, Binance, or Webull, I've got links in the description. And uh, when you do that and use my link, I get uh, a kickback and you get some, some different values as well, either free shares or free uh, money to get started uh, simply by using the link. So I'd greatly appreciate that. Uh, now, going forward, I had some questions from some different people. Um, one about uh, like trying to do some automated investing, which we had definitely said is a good thing, you know, set it and forget it. 200 bucks, 400 bucks, whatever you can do a month or a week or, you know, however it works for you or pay period. Uh, it's a great way to go about it. I really quickly wanted to point out that if you are buying ETFs, you really need to make sure uh, that there is not a bunch of overlap uh, between the different ETFs that you hold. I had someone ask me about buying VOO, VTI, and QQQ, but this person also wanted to add Microsoft and Apple. I said, you are, you know, you're definitely in the right for, for adding automatically. I think that's a great plan. Now, the problem here is VOO, VTI, and QQQ all hold Apple and Microsoft. And then when you go into the portfolio tab on E-Trade or on, you know, on Vanguard's website, you will see that Apple and Microsoft are the top two names in all three portfolios. Uh, I believe it was QQQ that they make up about 20%. In VOO, it was like 11% of the whole fund. And VTI, it was, I think it was like 7%. I forget the exact numbers. So now if you put in, say, 10 grand to each of those, you know, you've got uh, 2,200 in one, you've got 1,300 in one, and you've got 700 in the other. So now you've got so much money concentrated into those two names through those three ETFs. Uh, you'd have to really be very bullish on Microsoft and Apple to go ahead and buy more outside of that. I'm not saying that it's a bad strategy. I'm saying you really want to make sure that your risk and that your overall money in any one or two names, the, regardless of how you get that uh, those shares, whether it's an ETF or simply holding the stock directly, is not outweighted to where it's too much for you in any given position. 
Uh, so make sure that you know your ETF. It sometimes is easier to buy those, but it's also really easy to be uh, kind of manipulated by the market at that point um, because they're such highly concentrated in names like Apple or Microsoft, Amazon. There's a, a overweight in those individual names. So just make sure that if you're buying those, you know what's in it and that you don't want to be too overexposed to any one play. Um, unless that's all you want is Apple, Microsoft, then, you know, more power to you, but please do your homework. That's all I wanted to say there. Um, so now going, going forward, um, I wanted to talk about another overweight play that we were, uh, facing, uh, my dad, hi dad had bought, uh, a larger amount of Lockheed Martin, um, and now when once we sat down and figured it out, he was like, you know, I, I like the defense space. I like the dividend. Um, I think they're a safe play, this, that, the other. But he had bought in like the 370 range. This was uh, end of last summer, early fall time frame. And then it had dropped down to like 330. It was getting beat when no one wanted safety stocks in the way of blue chip names or defensive names, everyone wanted growth there for a little bit. And then it started to flip. Um, so he said, you know, at 3.30, like, I'm, I'm losing my, my tail on this one. Like, you know, what should I do? I said, I'm holding. I, You know, Lockheed for me is one of them names that is going to be around. There's always going to be a conflict. The, the governments and military are always going to be spending. They have a backlog. I, I think it's just a market cycle drop. It's not a fundamental drop for Lockheed. So on names like that, I normally don't set a stop loss. Uh, in fact, I normally don't set a stop loss. On your higher growth plays, you can certainly set a stop loss to sell at, uh, you know, say 7% down or 10% down or simply at a price. You know, if you wanted to get out of Matterport when it dropped to 14, you'd be pretty golden right now as they're, you know, way below that. Uh, but now on these bigger names, bigger blue chip names that have been around a lot longer, the PE was was reasonable at that point. The, the dividend had, you know, wasn't cut. Nothing had really changed. They still, like I said, had a backlog of orders uh, that was going to take them out like 12 or 18 months at the time. It was quite a, uh, a good problem to have. Now, uh, going forward, you know, with, uh, like I said on the last episode, I thought they were at around 390 and I clicked over and they were like 415. Um, so then I was like, man, you know, this one's really running up. We, we came from 330 a few months back and now we're, you know, 415. The next day it was 425. And now when I look today, it's at 456. Okay. So we've come up about 120 some dollars in a matter of months, um, which, you know, on Amazon is not that big as a, as a percentage of the overall size of the shares, you know, at 3000, it's a lot different than, at 330, 330. So I made a call, um, I think it was Tuesday, it might have been Monday to start trimming. Uh, a lot of people have a problem when you start saying you're going to trim your dividend stocks, dividend investors really don't like that without uh, kind of a point to uh, to doing so. So I had told him, well, one, you've got this oversized position in Lockheed, you were looking to sell it around that 330 range to kind of cut your losses. Now I want to do the opposite thing. I'm glad we held on to it. I want to start selling some at that 430, 450 range 
because, you know, we really don't know what this Russia thing is going to do. We don't know if it's going to keep continuing. But uh, I know that when you've got uh, a 30% move in the matter of a couple months in a, in a big blue chip name, that's not normal. That is uh, certainly something that does not happen every day. And I think a lot of it is just speculation that, hey, we're, we're at war and Lockheed is needed. They need the missiles. They need the planes. They need, you know, the, you know, whatever else they need uh, that they sell. And that's in a lot of defense names right now. We've seen the same thing in L3 Harris. I trimmed some there. Um, but like I said, it all depends on your, uh, your plan and where you're going. So the fact that it was a, a larger position than it should have been, as I've said before, I like to have a, your position size be about 5% of your portfolio, unless it's an ETF, then you can, you know, certainly go more, but uh, I don't like it to be eight, nine, 10, 12%. I know some people do. That's not my style. So if that's your style, great. As long as you know the risks of doing that. Um, so I said, go ahead and get some out of there. And as we continue to look at these names, uh, I have sold now about 10, 12% out of my Lockheed position. Um, now for me, this one had grown a good bit. I own it at 344 and you know, it, it got up to that 456 range. So I started selling uh, a couple shares, nothing, nothing crazy. Like I said, about 10%. Um, so now nothing has changed with the business um, to where I am, I'm getting out of this one. I think it's just run too high. Uh, if it got back down to that 350, 360 range, I'd be buying it. That's what my plan is to do here. But right now, I took some of this money from my Lockheed sale and my L3 Harris sale, and I started buying other names that... I have been watching that I think could do better. Uh, and I did start buying some dividend names. I was looking at uh, names in the banking uh, space or in the mining space, uh, semiconductors. I was looking at those. I was also looking at uh, even like Facebook and Home Depot. So I went ahead and bought some, some more HD, Home Depot, some uh, JP Morgan, some more CAT, uh, NVIDIA, and Facebook. Uh, I know Facebook still has their problems. They still have the problem with ads that they're trying to get uh, sorted out. Uh, ultimately, I still think that Facebook at that 15 or 16 PE is very cheap. And I am trying to capitalize on that. I do think that where Lockheed had the problems a few months back, now it's Facebook's, Facebook's time to have those problems. Uh, so I'm rotating out of one that I think ran up too quick into one that dropped too quick. Uh, that is my strategy here. That's what I'm looking to do. Uh, same thing with Home Depot. You know, they were around 420. Now they were, I'm buying them in the 310 to 320 range. Kind of the opposite of what Lockheed's doing. So I'm trying to trim some of this growth that I think is not sustainable for Lockheed. I don't think we're going to keep going. I think once anyone has uh, some sort of peace treaty or they realize that you can't, you know, none of the product that Lockheed is selling can be available right now. There's a backlog on pretty much everything. Uh, I think this one is going to settle back down. I don't think we're going to keep running, running, running. So I wanted to lock in those gains while they're high. And uh, that's, that's what I did. Uh, and like I said, I know a lot of people aren't going to be in that same camp when it comes to dividend names, because my dividend would be um, a good bit higher than where it currently is at that current yield rate. So the current yield is 2.45. Uh, 
I'm probably getting more like 3.3 roughly on my uh, position because I bought at that lower price point. I'm getting the same dividend, but my cost basis is lower. So because my cost basis is lower, that dividend means more on a percent of a yield. So uh, for that standpoint, if you're buying now, your your starting dividend is going to be lower. If you get back in when it's around that 350, 360 range, your dividend yield is going to be higher on the same amount. You know, that $2.80 you're getting per quarter to hold Lockheed. So that is my strategy. I want to get more dividends uh, so I can buy these other ones at a cheaper price point as they've fallen. Uh, you know, Cat was in a two, I mean, just even a couple of weeks ago, it was 210, 215. And now I'm getting it in at the, the, the 180 to 185 range is where I'm looking to add. And JP Morgan, they were, I think they were around 160. Uh, yesterday they were 133. So I'm trying to get uh, more stocks and more shares of the companies that I think are going to do better in this environment in the way of banking, mining, uh, semiconductor chips in the names of NVIDIA. There's not much dividend there. That hasn't changed, but I think that one has just sold off too much. Uh, same with Facebook. No dividend, sold off too much. So I am trying to take advantage of the things that have dropped uh, by way of selling things that have run too high. Um, all of these are actually very similar position sizes for me. They're all probably that tier two, tier three level. None of them are huge positions for me. They're all kind of that same price area. So about similar market size, except for NVIDIA. We've been building that position. That one's not as large yet. Uh, I would like to get some more before it decides to take back off. Uh, so that's what I'm doing. Uh, I hope that helps you. I hope that understand, you know, maybe explains a little bit as to why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm trading out of one to get into something else that is just cheaper. Um, it might not be the, the strategy for you. I think it's going to work for me in this situation as some of these names have just sold off too much. Uh, it's kind of the equivalent of having... I don't know, say 10 used cars in your driveway and you want to sell them because the, the trade value has gone up 40% in a year. You know, it's it's pretty much exactly the same to me. So I got, you know, 10 cars. I don't need 10 cars and I wanted to buy 10 something that hasn't run up so high. So that's pretty much what I'm doing. I'm taking this abnormally large gain in uh, in cars or in blue chip stocks that normally don't run up 30, 40%. And I'm trying to buy something that hasn't run up 30, 40% uh, in hopes to catch that uh, that gain again when that time should come and these other stocks will run again. That's that's my ultimate viewpoint. Um, I don't want to say that I'm not buying growth, but I did want to start getting some more dividend names on the dip. Uh, so that's what I've got. And uh, hopefully that helps you guys out. Um, but yeah, we'll be uh, still doing the investing challenge here on week 10. We are still looking at VOO, the S&P 500 ETF, VYM, Vanguard's high yield uh, ETF, QQQ, the NASDAQ or tech ETF, uh, CIBR is a cybersecurity ETF where we're looking at names like uh, Palo Alto, Zscaler, Splunk, Tenable, uh, amongst others, and then ITA, which is going to be an aerospace and defense ETF. Uh, names like Boeing, Lockheed, L3 Harris, uh, Northrop Grumman, list goes on and, and names like that. 
So please, please, please get your votes in on the Let It Grow Investing page on Facebook. Go on there, like some posts, and uh, go ahead and get some comments in too, because a lot of people are not seeing the posts. Uh, so if we can bump the uh, the uh, comments up and the algorithms, hopefully more people see it and we can get some more votes because it's kind of thin out there right now. That will be closing on Friday. We will have an announcement as to what's going on for week 11. And then we're ultimately going to be talking about those stocks uh, on Monday's episode. So I hope you guys have a good week. Be uh, be safe out there. And I will catch you on Friday on the uh, the group page or Monday on the, uh, the next podcast. So have a, a good week, good weekend, and take care. As always, thanks for stopping by. Please make sure to like, subscribe by turning on the notification bell, and sharing this podcast to help our community grow. Check the links in the description for offers on E-Trade, Binance, and Crypto.com to get your investing journey started. You can also help support the podcast on our anchor.fm webpage. Until next time, let's get invested and let it grow.